When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into a championship edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, along with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. We are brought to you, of course, by the Riverwind Resort and our good friends at Allstate. Well, I don't, I don't even know how else to start this except saying, what a weekend, what a season, Toby. What a team this has been. This has been special, hasn't it? It's been a great ride, you know, and um, it's not done yet. But I look back to that early June day when uh, got pulled off the golf course. And found out that Bob Stoops was stepping aside. And from that moment till this, everything that has happened, um, from from Lincoln taking over to that night in Columbus, Ohio, uh, the Red River Showdown, uh, the, the trip to Kansas that we thought was going to be quiet but wasn't, uh, certainly the, the win over TCU on Saturday is right up there. It has been an incredible ride, and, and this team that we thought would be good when the season started is better better than I thought. You know, I, I thought they had a chance that if they gelled to uh, win a conference and maybe contend for a, a playoff, but I think going into this that they might be the best team in college football, and they've got a legitimate chance to win their eighth national championship if they play well in January. You know, it's kind of funny because we I felt like we did a lot leading up to the Big 12 championship game on Saturday. You know, we had our special show on Friday night and obviously all of our weekly shows that we did. But it, it really seemed as if through everything we did, 
while there was fan paranoia to a certain degree just based on, oh my gosh, if this game wasn't here this year, it's the first year, the Big 12's going to shoot itself in the foot. Toby, I never sensed any of that from this team or from Lincoln or any of the coaches. It was a business trip. It was on the schedule. They were going to play it. And they just went out and took care of business. I mean, for a situation that, based on this being the first year, could have induced some paranoia, boy, this this was a team that absolutely just went out and handled its business on Saturday. Yep, you're right. They, they handled it well. And I think you give credit, you know, first and foremost to the head coach and the quarterback because I think their personalities guide the ship uh, inside that locker room. And Lincoln has adopted kind of Bob Stoops' um, mantra when he was always asked about uh, where does Bedlam fall or should we have a Big 12 championship game or what do you think about playing this game here? He was like, well, that's the way it is, so let's go do it. And Lincoln adopted that attitude. Uh, We've got a championship game. Let's go play it. And Baker just wants to play football. I mean, you know, he he just you you tell him there's a game Saturday, and he says where I'll be there, and it it might be a a pickup intramural game on the back lawn. He wants to play, so uh, I think the team fell in line behind behind those two men, and uh, they played great from the get go. Uh, give the defense credit; they started the game with a bang with that uh, Caleb Kelly scoop and score. They finished it with a bang with the second-half shutout. And I think that they turned some heads around the country. It's been very popular. AOU's defense isn't any good. And now you've started to at least see the narrative change a little bit into, well, they've improved here down the stretch. If they can play like that, you know, maybe they can win a title. I completely agree with that. The way they've played on, on defense the last four games, if they can keep that going – and then I think their offense is too much for anybody to handle. That's been one of my favorite things about watching this team grow this year, to to basically see the improvement and the progression on defense. You know, you go back to that first half against Oklahoma State, uh, a couple of uh, different situations against Kansas State. You kind of you, – you might have had your eyebrows raised in concern. But, Toby, since that second half against Oklahoma State – it has been phenomenal to watch the improvement this defense has made. I can't really put my finger on one thing. I can't really – and I know Teddy has just brought up, hey, they're just playing better, they're just tackling better, but there just seems to be something that sparked this team since that second half of the Oklahoma State game. It's been really fun to watch it develop. Yeah, they made a they made a personnel change the next week with Trey Norwood, and he obviously has, has played great. And, and Trey Brown, the one game that he started – um, played very well as well. Um, I think Teddy's right. I think they've just played better. You know, we've seen periods of time, and there was the second quarter there on Saturday where they just weren't tackling very well. Yep. But what this team has shown the ability to do really all year is take coaching. And we have seen multiple times the defense at halftime make an adjustment and come out and play better. Even before the Oklahoma State game, we saw them be able to do that. And so you, you would like to play 60 minutes perfect, and, and maybe when they get against Georgia or somebody else on down the line, it's going to take that. But the ability to, even when you make a mistake or the other team grabs the momentum, to be able to go into the locker room or go onto the sidelines and take coaching and go fix it 
is is impressive. That sounds simple, but it doesn't always work like that. Um, especially when you've got as many young kids as, as they've got. I'll tell you the other thing. I think this defensive line has grown in attitude. And, uh, you know, the way that Amani Bledsoe and Devontae Lampkin and Q Overton and, and certainly Ovo and DJ, they've had it all year. But those other three guys, especially in the middle there, seem to be playing meaner, you know, with more with more attitude and ferociousness over these last three or four games. And I think that's been big for him as well. Yeah, that uh, that interior of that defensive line has been really good. And I, I said this from early in the season, and there were some people that kind of you know laughed at me through some of the struggles that they had. But, and maybe this is a credit to Ruffin McNeil and the job that Kerry Cooks and Marcus Walker do with their defensive backs and Tim Kish, who is one of the most positive guys I've ever seen in my life on the sideline. Their communication has always been really good on the sidelines. Sure, there's been some frustrating moments, man, but they always seem to work through it, and I think that's also a credit, Toby, to the leadership they had on defense. Won a lot of finger-pointing. It always went back to one guy in oboe, and then I, I even look – this is how I think. So I start getting worried about the future like about the sixth game of the season. It's like, oh, my gosh, we got oboe. What's going to happen next year? But I see what this freshman is doing at the Mike Linebacker position in Kenneth Murray, and I see how he's already a vocal leader and how he's not afraid to get in someone's face and how he stepped up. And I think those vocal leaders, if you will, it's not an act. It's not something they're trying to do. I think that's something that Kenneth Murray is going to be really good at for years to come. Yeah, that would, that would, follow, that would fall under the category of it's day five of a seven-day vacation. Quit worrying about what's going to happen when you get home. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. We, we're going to have all spring and summer and fall to figure that out, and they've recruited very well, and that's what happens in college. You know, guys graduate, and the next bunch comes in, and you say, all right, let's see yep. what hand I've been dealt now. But the hand they've got this year, I agree with you. It is uh, – it is. They've got good leadership on on both sides of the ball. Talk about players. They've got good leadership, good voices that the other guys fall in line behind and believe in. Those guys believe in Baker Mayfield. They believe in Orlando Brown and Dimitri Flowers. They believe in Obo Okoronkwo and Stephen Parker. And when when they speak. Uh, it means something. It's not just, oh, there he goes flapping his gums again. <laughs> Those guys have tremendous respect in that locker room, and that's the way you want it. Man, I'm so excited for Pasadena, and we'll have to pace ourselves. I will say this. I talked uh, to a couple people today. I think I'm going to do the podcast for Friday on what happens the moment we get the bid behind the scenes. Because I think we all know, oh, we wait for the game and the team takes some time out. But there's so much involved in the the mass movement of equipment, supplies, and bodies that I've always been intrigued by it. But that's one of the great things about a support staff, Toby. And I think you and I have seen this firsthand with names like Brad Camp and Blake Kinsey and the job that Kenny Mossman and Greg Tipton and everyone that's involved in the, David Littlejohn in, in driving the big rig out there. What everyone does, that's – something that is the least of the worries for a head coach. And I don't think that we really can truly embrace, not just as media people, but as fans, how invaluable that is that you've got an incredible support staff to make everything about this move smooth. 
it, I'm with you on how interesting all that stuff is. Um, it is worthy probably of a, of a, you know, a TV feature yeah. at some point or, or something, because there's the football team, which in and of itself is a, is a whole bunch. I mean, that's a, that's a big bunch of bodies to move and buses and police escorts and all that kind of stuff. But when you think about equipment, you think about band, medical personnel, radio crew, Sooner Sports TV crew, um, uh, athletic department personnel who are who are necessary to pulling this off. Everybody that it, uh, the sooner the, the schooner and the horses will be there. How they get there, you know, all that kind of stuff. Everything that goes into moving uh, this. Uh, what I don't know what it is. Is it a thousand? What's more than that? Probably yeah. fifteen hundred miles out there. Whatever it is, um, is very very interesting. Um, so I'm I'm with you. I I have not yet heard how this body is getting out there. <laughs> so. I'm intrigued to find that out myself, but uh, I'm with you. It's a it's a very mass coordinated effort, and the good news is uh, Oklahoma's done it a lot, so they know they know how to do this. Hey Toby, are we starting to nationally really embrace not just how incredible Baker Mayfield's been as a quarterback in Oklahoma history, but and again, you know, national championship might really put this on another level. But how when we talk great college football quarterbacks, period, Baker Mayfield's on that list. You know, you think about names like you know, Tim Tebow was one that recently comes to mind. Obviously, Oklahoma's had a handful of them. But, I mean, Baker Mayfield, with the way that he's played this year, I, regardless of what happens, two-time Heisman Trophy, well, technically three-time Heisman Trophy finalist, two trips to New York. He's going to win a bevy of awards. I know he didn't win the Burlesworth Trophy, but he had won that the previous two seasons. I mean, this guy is going to go down as one of the greatest ever, isn't he, at the position? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 and when you throw in his personality, I think that's the differentiating factor. You know, there's uh, there's been a lot of great quarterbacks, and obviously there's a Heisman Trophy winner every year, and more often than not, he's a quarterback. Um, if he could win the Heisman and win the national championship, I think that uh, helps his case in that regard. But it is it is his personality that has made him a star and uh it is it is his personality that makes people turn on tvs and not be able to look away and i think that will you know and that will continue for him as he goes into the nfl and that will resonate through time in the history of college football in the history of oklahoma football um people will remember that he was very good they'll remember some of his plays but at the top of it, they'll remember his moments, you know, like running around with the flag, skipping around the field before kickoff, trying to get the crowd into it, racing down the field, windmilling his arms like he's a five-year-old who just heard the ice cream truck coming down the street. Uh, he, he's he's one of a kind, and I think that, you know, that, that will help emblazon his memory on the history of college football. Boy, it's been pretty special to see what Rodney Anderson has done. I know that in a lot of these topics, and, and you're getting ready to talk about it for another three hours on an afternoon show and three hours on a morning show tomorrow, but it's still pretty incredible to see the development of a couple of guys that were non-factors early in the season, to see Marquise Brown, Hollywood step back up and make the big play on Saturday, and then, Toby, just the consistency that's been provided from Rodney Anderson, a one-two punch that wasn't even really a factor the first third of the season. 
Yeah, I, I think if you look at the pieces around Baker that have come into form as the years gone along, um, we didn't we didn't really know. You know, even Lincoln would admit when the season started and did. I don't really know who my back is yet. Let's see how it plays out. I don't know who the wideouts are yet. Let's see how it plays out. Well, over the course of the season, it has everybody has attracted to their role perfectly. Uh, I don't know if all this works without the ability of Rodney Anderson and, and certainly Trey Sermon many times to be as effective as they are on the ground. For that offensive line to be able to open holes like they can. Uh, for Dimitri Flowers to be such a weapon as a fullback that you have to game plan around him. For Mark Andrews to be one of the biggest targets in the country and probably the best tight end. And he's not just a run down five yards and turn around guy. He's a guy that can make the big play down the seam or down the sidelines for you. For Marquise Brown to become one of the biggest speed weapons in all of college football, whether it's running a fly pattern or a crossing pattern. Uh, C.D. Lamb has been a little bit quiet here the second half of the season, but a tremendously valuable weapon as a possession and as a big play receiver. So all of that has kind of come together into focus. Does Here's what that guy does. Um, and, and, and then there's Baker who is the maestro and mixes it all up. And, and that is a lot of defense to try to figure out how to deal with, especially if you only have one week. And so I think one of the fascinating things this month is Georgia's got a month to get ready for the OU offense. Yep. Does, does that help? And two, if OU gets past this, does Clemson and or Alabama spend much time peeking ahead so that they could get a jump start on Oklahoma more than Georgia. Georgia looks a lot like what Alabama sees week in and week out in the SEC. And for that matter, Clemson is more familiar with that. But what Oklahoma does is a lot different, a lot more different. And do they spend, you know, a little time in the film room or a lot of time in the film room or maybe even a practice on let's start to get a jump on some of the stuff Oklahoma does so that if we see them in the championship game, we can, we can be prepared for it. Because if all you've got two practices, I mean, think about that. Whoever wins the semifinals on January 1st is going to fly back home probably that night, middle middle of the night, and then you, you're going to play again on the 8th. So you're going to fly to the national championship game on the 6th or 7th you're going to have probably two practices and maybe a walkthrough to get ready for your national championship opponent. And if it's Oklahoma, you know, whew, I mean, good luck. That's a lot. So it'll be very interesting to see if, if Georgia is helped by the extra time. And I don't know that we'll ever know the answer, but I would have to think Brent Venables and Nick Saban will at least to themselves peek ahead and do a little advance on Oklahoma. Two more quick ones, and I'll let you run. First and foremost, your thoughts on the draw. You like the idea of going to the Rose Bowl. Do you like the matchup with Georgia? Oh, yeah. I, I love the idea of going to the Rose Bowl. That's a place we've never been. Uh, it is a uh, bucket list location. I, I can tell you, I think there's a chance that, at least for me, Oklahoma and Georgia 
have the two best uniforms in college football. I love it. So we're going to see the Georgia Road whites with the gray pants and the red helmet and the Oklahoma home crimson. With the, is it the San Gabriel Mountains in the background there at the Rose? Uh, I mean, I yeah, that's four weeks away, but I'm giddy over that already. This is going to be an awesome setting, an awesome trip, and an awesome matchup. I, I do like the matchup, too. I, I think Georgia's really, really good. But I like the idea of playing an SEC team that hasn't seen an offense the caliber or necessarily the style of Oklahoma. So I think that uh, that could work to Oklahoma's advantage as well. And then finally, you and I had a chance to sit yesterday and kind of talk about Georgia. I know we've got a lot of work to do on them, but they are one of two SEC teams in. And as the bracket was unveiled, we're sitting up in the Sooner Vision studios and we both kind of smiled when we saw Kirk Herbstreit walk off set. And you could sense the frustration of the of the Big Ten team being left out. But were you surprised at all to see Alabama get in over, at, over Ohio State? Did you think the right call was made? I, no, I wasn't surprised. I thought that's what the call would be, and I I think they got it right, and I don't like saying that because I don't like there being two SEC teams in it on a year in which that conference was down, but I just don't think there was a better option. Yeah. You know, I think the door was open for a fourth team from the Pac-12 or a second team from another conference, you know, the Big Ten, if there had just been somebody deserving. But I don't really – I don't think Ohio State had a better case than Alabama uh, or or that USC was a better team than Alabama. Um, so I, I guess you're left with Alabama. And they've only lost once. They haven't looked great. They don't have great wins. But I think they're probably the next best team. So I think they probably got it right, even though that – I don't like that coming out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, it's a busy week for you, man. Safe travels to California, and uh, as we tape this, you're getting ready to call a game tonight. I think everyone's missing out if they don't get out and watch this basketball team play, and uh, we'll look forward to listening to you and talking to you again before the bowl game. Toby, thanks, bud. You're the man, Plank. Thank you. So a little bit of a unique setting today because we didn't technically have a Lincoln-Riley press conference. This is all new. This is all new. Well, I mean, we – same as last year, but come on, give me a little bit of drama, uh, drama here. But we did have a Lincoln Rally press conference on Sunday after the four-team playoff was announced, and here's what Coach had to say about the Sooners making the four-team playoff. Baker under center. He'll get the Heisman Trophy a week from tonight, but he gets the football right now. Takes a knee, and that'll do it. <laughs> Jeff Bennett with a backflip, and the Sooners have won their 11th Big 12 title. Final score in Arlington, Texas. Oklahoma 41 and TCU 17. All right, uh, everybody, thanks uh, Thanks for coming in here on uh, on a Sunday. Um, yeah, it's been, it was a great day yesterday. You know what a what a great day for for Oklahoma football, for the university, for our state, uh, the Big Twelve. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of emotion into it. Uh, certainly, uh, getting a chance to win the Big Twelve championship. Um, you know, and to to celebrate that with our with our players, uh, coaches, families was a uh, it was a great day and uh, one that we we very much appreciate. I know I said after the game was was very very proud of. Of the Big 12 Conference this year, the the way that that we as a whole, you know, 
played on the field all year. Uh, the, the strength across all the teams, I think, was, was apparent. And as somebody that's you know either been in or followed this league for a long time, it was, uh, I think, a, a really, really strong year for this league. And, and a chance to you know for us to be the champion and have a chance to move on here to the playoff is a, obviously an incredible, incredible deal for our team and, and something that we're very proud of. And, and also some, you know an opportunity that we're very much looking forward to. Um, yeah, finally, finally watched the rankings here. Uh, I did, I did watch them. Um, sat in the office with Joe and Kenny Mossman, some of our uh, administration. Uh, Coach Gundy was in there, so we, um, Larry Nafee, Greg Tipton, those guys. So we had a, it was fun watching the show with those guys and uh, seeing us come across there with a the chance to go to the Rose Bowl uh, was a, was a great feeling. Um, you know, one, you're in the national semifinal, getting ready to play a great Georgia team. Two. You're getting ready to play in one of the most historic bowl games, you know, in one of the best venues in college football, and and probably the one, honestly, just personally for me that I was kind of deep down hoping at some point here we'd get a chance to play in, and uh, so it's it's always the one that it's always been the one that kind of looking from afar that I haven't got a chance to be a part of yet that I was always hoping, you know, to get a chance to be in. So it's going to be a great setting. Georgia's a tremendous, tremendous football team. Clearly, when you get to this point, everybody's pretty good, and, and they certainly are. So, but you know, we'll uh, we've got a pretty good plan here, I think, for the next few weeks, and, and still working to, to finalize some of that. Now, knowing for sure, you know, where we're going, you know, when we're playing, all of that. But first things will be uh, we'll be recruiting. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of recruiting work to do. We've got to make up some time for missing virtually the whole week last week. We we had a few coaches, you know, sporadically get out here and there throughout the week, but the majority of our focus, as you would expect, was was on the Big 12 championship game. And so we've got two weeks left here where we're going to get a lot of recruiting done. Uh, uh, we're going to let our players here uh, settle in, uh, do well on their finals, finish up class-wise well, um, let their bodies heal up a little bit. It's been a long 13-game uh, 13 game road here, so we they need to get away for a little bit. So it'll be, other than some work with our strength coach, we'll be pretty light this week for the players. It'll be mostly strength coach and then academics. Um, we'll hit the road heavily this week. Um, you know, make some rounds to the couple of award shows that our, our team has done well enough uh, that you know we're going to get a chance to go represent Oklahoma uh, at a couple of great award shows. So that'll be. That'll be a lot of fun, and then um, and then the next week we'll we'll mix in recruiting with with getting back on the field and uh, starting to prep for uh, for Georgia. So that's our plan here for the next couple of weeks. Give us an idea of what it was like when you guys learned that you were in officially. You know that when you guys were by yourself back there, what was that like? What was the celebration like? Oh, it was it was good. It was uh, just kind of good to see where we were going. Uh, not that we were jumping up and down, you know, hooting and hollering, but we we felt like. You know, we, we were pretty confident that we were going to be in, and that's the main thing. But, uh, no, it's exciting to see your team, to see that OU logo flash across the screen and know for certain. And uh, so it was a neat moment. It lasted about five seconds, then we started planning. Have you talked or interacted with any of your players since then? No, no. I, we did that and just did a, a deal for the uh, preview show and then uh, straight in here. So not yet, but we, like I said, the, the ride home was fun last night, you know, um, riding to the airport and then, then on the plane back, you know, knowing that, you know, we got a chance to, to accomplish everything that we set out to do. And, and also looking forward, but certainly, you know, enjoying winning the Big 12, you know, and knowing that you are champions and, uh, you know, that your picture is going to go up on that wall, that ring is going to go on your finger at some point, that trophy is going to, 
gonna gonna sit downstairs in our new building, um, and it's you know no, those things are never going away. So we wanted to look ahead, but we also wanted to make sure we appreciated and really took in the moment too. For you, you're excited to go. You've always wanted to be in the Rose Bowl. Do you have a read on how significant it is for the players from California, Caleb Kelly, Jordan Parker, those guys, to get to go home and be near friends and family? No, they'll be thrilled, you know. And it's uh, I'm kind of glad it's worked out that way. We've you know we've played some games, you know, east, um, and this will be good to play a game kind of back out west. And that's that's been a you know it's a big part of our team now with several of our guys. You know, Grant Calcaterra also in there. We've got we've got several and. And we'll have more coming uh, in the in the in the coming years, and uh, so it's it's going to be great to get out there and play. Uh, and I'm I'm happy for those guys because they some of those guys made a I don't know if sacrifice is the right word, but you know they took a big kind of leap of faith with us to come all the way here to Oklahoma to go to school and play football. So it's going to be nice to 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 go play it there on their home turf. Have a national footprint recruiting wise, but how much does playing on the West Coast kind of help that brand over there? Well, it helps. There, there's no doubt about it. It helps, and that's a that's a big a big area for us. And and you know, there's a great history between you know players on the West Coast coming to Oklahoma and, and doing incredibly well. And this will do nothing but enhance it. You mentioned your pride in terms of the Big Twelve. Uh, does it add a little something to it that you're playing an SEC team? I, that's been a thing over the years. What does that mean to you? Does it Throw a little more in there for you? Not really. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, Georgia's a great team. You know, regardless of what league they're in, they're they're a great football team. And uh, you know, I've had a chance to watch them. You know, a little bit this year. Uh, you know, obviously they're really really good defensively. Doesn't doesn't take long to figure that out. Uh, you know, strong running game. You know, their their young quarterbacks came on and looks like it's played you know very well for them. You know, Kirby's obviously done a great job there in just a you know just a short time. So. Uh, no, not really, because to me, at this point, it's not about conference versus conference. It's going to be, you know, this, you know, really good team uh, from Oklahoma going against a really good team from Georgia. What are the challenges of having a month in between games? There's, there, there, there are a lot of challenges. Uh, you know, when you've only got a week or even maybe two weeks, there's only so many things you can do different where, you know, we're the only sport that does this, you know, and, and, uh, I honestly feel like it's too long. I don't think there's any way you should wait a month before you play another football game. I still question a lot of, you know, why do we do it? But it is what it is. Um, yes, you've got to be able to handle it. And uh, and I think how you handle it as a staff, you know, a team will be critical to being ready to play, um, you know, when that comes up. So, uh, you know, we've got some, some good experiences to lean on. And we'll, you know, we've got to put together a great plan. And then our players... Uh, staff, everybody, have got to be totally bought in uh, into preparing the best we can. There's a lot of uh, momentum going right now. Does this disrupt that? Is that what you're saying, or has the potential to? Well, no, I I don't know that. I just think it's you know, you start getting into you know making decisions of, again, you know how hard do you go at it? How long do you want to do it? You've got basically a whole spring practice here in between playing a game, and uh, so yeah, I don't. I, I think there's there's a lot more variables. You know, when you when you get to this point, and when you've got that much time in between, and uh, you know, is it is it good? Is it bad? Again, I, it's probably at the end of the day, it's all in how you handle it, and we've got to handle it well. Um, yeah, if I had my pick, no, I, yeah, certainly, we'd like to play sooner, but at the same time, that's how it is, and and we've got to use that time the best we can. This year, you have an early signing period right in the middle of all mm -hmm. this mess too, which is something you probably have no idea how that's going to go. You've got to plan for that as well, so. 
you even have more things to work through, don't you? We do, and everybody does. It's it's. Uh, I know we talked about the early signing period here. I think last week or the week before. Um, nobody knows how that's going to go. I mean, nobody does. We have we've all got guesses. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of new planning on that end. Um, it's made. You know, in the past, you know, you go see these kids. You know, in December short amount of time anyway you're trying to see all the kids but you know the head coach can only go see each guy one time well you only had you had maybe your if you let's say if you had a lot maybe half the class was graduating early um and that would be a lot so you go see those guys those what 12 guys well now you've got all the guys that are graduating early plus all the guys that may potentially sign on the 20th that you and your staff have all got to go see and then on top of that, we lost out on a whole week of recruiting, ha- happily so, but preparing for the Big 12 championship game. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy, it's going to be a busy next few weeks. Uh, but I think our guys have got a great plan, and and we're gonna, we got a ton of momentum right now, and and so it'll be fun to get out and see all these guys. Maybe one of the things that are different is that you find yourself spending more time, kind of, you know, pressing's the right word, but trying to secure guys to sign early, where as you wouldn't have maybe done that in the past. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think I think that's definitely going to be part of it, um, especially the guys that have you know said, "Hey, I'm going to sign on the 20th, but I'm not sure where I'm signing yet." You know, so it's it's you know in that sense, it'll for the next couple of weeks, it'll feel like you know late January, and uh, yeah, and then you've got some guys that aren't sure if they're going to sign, and then you know it's it's again, I think I think kind of both sides, the, the schools and the and the prospects are kind of feeling this thing out. And I think that's going to, that's going to, I think, I think that'll happen throughout this entire period for these next few weeks. And again, I think that's why it's so unpredictable. And I think you're going to have to be ready to adjust. How does the recruiting momentum for this year compare to two years ago, you're going to the playoff, or even last year when you're going into the Sugar Bowl? Well, it's been, it's been really good the last few years. Uh, if you look at the classes that we've signed and the way those guys have performed on the field, you know, at, a, at an early age. But I, I think it's, I think there's some differences right now. You know, with, uh, I think the, the the new facility has created a lot of momentum. You know, I think this little guy right here has created, you know, uh, you know, a lot of momentum. Uh, this team's play on the field has created a lot of momentum. And then I think just to, to see us do this three years in a row. You know. I, to win the Big 12 three years in a row, you know, you're in the playoff two years ago. You're right on the doorstep of it last year, and then back in the playoff again this year. You know, just continues to show the the how consistent the success is here. And I think you know all the recruits out there have got to feel pretty good about where this program's headed. And and you know if they come, if they decide to come here, the things that they you know are going to have a great chance to experience. You talked about all the good things about Baker Mayfield, and we've gone over them at length. Um, he does have an edge. Do you get a sense that, to some extent, he embraces being that guy that some people love to hate, but that's part of his personality? Um, maybe a little. Uh, I think for him, though, it's just a little bit more of, you know, just being himself. And if people love it, you know, if, if some people don't love it, then he's okay with that. And... Uh, you know, he's again. He's very secure in who he is. Um, his goal is not, you know, trying to please everybody in the world. His goal is he's going to be true to himself, and he's going to work hard. And he knows, he knows what he wants to accomplish. He knows where he wants to go, and he doesn't let, you know, much stand in his way. So, you know, it's again, he's he's still a work in progress, as we've all admitted and all seen. But he's uh, he's progressing the right way, and you know, 
you want to look up, you, you want to know why the guy's successful, that, that tells you a lot right there. We're still getting uh, accustomed to how the committee thinks uh, in terms of picking these four teams. Mm -hmm. What did you make of, of their decision to put Alabama in over Iowa State? It's a tough decision. I mean, we we saw firsthand how good that Ohio State was. They're really good, and I know Alabama's you know really good too. So it, it it's tough. I mean, you're sitting there looking at that, and how much do you figure in conference championships? You know, which this year didn't end up figuring in as much. You know, I had a couple Power Five you know conferences that that got left out. Um, but at the same time, too, you go back and look at the overall body of work, and uh, you could make a you could make a strong argument for both schools. And they had to pick one, and uh, that's tough. And that's you know that's why the you know there's never a great answer on you know do you expand or how many teams this or that because there's always going to be a really good team that's one spot out of it. And uh, so it makes you appreciate being in it, uh, and and I think it makes you appreciate scheduling the kind of teams that we do here in the non-conference and if you win those games you know like we did Tennessee a couple of years ago and, and Ohio State this year again you go back those two years are we in the playoff without those two games maybe but it would we wouldn't have slept as good last night as we did the football world has basically been consumed with this the last 12 hours I mean it's something you guys have kind of you know, had fun debating, like, who, who would you put in? What do you think of that? I mean, is that something that even uh, pervaded, you know, the flight home or anything this morning? No, not not much. Uh, you know, flight home was more just kind of excitement and enjoying the moment. This morning we, we discussed it a little bit, um, you know, uh, the group sitting in there in my office. We talked a little bit about, you know, just had a few minutes to spare of, hey, you know, who would you pick, you know, this or that. And there, there was a lot of back and forth, just like I think there probably was in that committee room. And uh, I don't envy their their, their job, their decisions. It, it was a tough decision, and somebody was going to be really happy and somebody was going to be unhappy no matter who they picked. You look back on, on June 7th, you sat up here, you were, you know, humble and, and kind of emotional at one point. Mm -hmm. um, your first season now, coming to an end, you've had a big win at Ohio State, Big 12 championship. Uh, college football playoff, uh, Heisman's coming up. It's probably a done deal. And then the uh, the whole thing about uh, you get to go to the Rose Bowl for the first time, where you've always wanted to go. You ever sit, sit back and say, like you're driving to work or something, and just say, I can't believe all this is happening to me? Yeah, there will be time for it. I, I don't much right now just because I know if I spend 30 minutes doing that, then that's 30 minutes I could be – Either doing something to help this program continue to go forward, or or spending time with with my family, my girls, and so I I don't have 30 minutes to spare right now. Now, when this thing's all over, we'll find a little bit of time to certainly to reflect on it because you want to stay in the moment, do your best. You also want to appreciate all the great things that are happening with this program, and and yeah, and having a chance to to you know be in the middle of that has been it's been a great thrill. I mean, I've been, I've enjoyed every second of it. I really have, and uh, but I know right now we, we've got things to do, and you know this team right now needs me to, uh, you know, needs me to stay focused on the task at hand. Lincoln, have you ever interacted with Kirby Smart at all, or, or what do you know about him? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I have a little bit. They, uh, we've talked a few times on the phone. Uh, I'm trying to think I've ever met Kirby in person. That's how the coaching deal goes sometimes, especially when you hadn't hadn't played against him. Um, We've talked a couple of times, phone, text. Um, their their offensive staff actually uh, 
actually came out here and spent a couple of days with us randomly enough uh, and, uh, in the spring. They, they came, not for a couple of days, they came out for one day and we just kind of generically shot some ideas. So hopefully I gave them some really, really terrible stuff. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, Coach Chaney and some of them came out. They were great guys. We, we spent, I don't know, Couple hours one day over in the over in the bud before we moved over here, just 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 kind of talking, like I said, shooting some ideas back and forth. So it was good, but uh, no, nah, but I've kept up with him from afar, you know. And obviously he's he's had a great career, you know, what they did at Bama um, while he was there, and then obviously his run at Georgia here has been pretty good. Do you have you had much since you got here two three years ago interaction with previous Heisman winners here at Oklahoma, Steve or? Chip, Billy, or Jason, or yeah, um, a little bit. Probably the most with uh, Steve and Billy. Probably um, talked to Steve a little bit more. You know, since I got the job, he was one of the first guys that I that I reached out to. You know, I've seen Billy. You know, you know, around Simon Heisman last year. Um, uh, Jason, not not as much, but he's. I remember Bob uh, brought him through a few times, so I had a chance to talk with him, um, and we've 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 communicated a little bit via phone too. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's important. I think it's important, you know, being in this job that you know those guys are important to this university, important to this program. That's a you know that's a big deal. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, I've had a little bit, but that'll be that's one of the things that I want to do more of. You know, here I hadn't had much time with the way this the timing of all this happened in June. So there's certainly some things like that that you know I want to do more of once the season's over. The fact that they have giant statues right out here outside the stadium, and, and you know them now personally. How cool is that? Does that take it to another level for you at all? Especially when yeah. you get, I mean, you're coaching a guy that's getting ready to have his own statue. Yeah. Um, no, it's 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 really cool. I mean, it's uh, not that it not that it, you let you take it for granted, but that's that's kind of every day around here, you know, a little bit. You know, it's you know, Trent was on the sideline there the other you know yesterday. It's great to see him. I mean, you just. There's kind of history all over this place, and and guys like that kind of running around. There's almost somebody like that each and every day around our office, around our practice field. And that's one of the one of the many things that makes this place unique. Can you picture Baker five years from now coming back and being a part of that brotherhood that Heisman? Oh, absolutely. He'll he'll definitely come back. He better. Um, he, yeah, he'll 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 definitely come back. No doubt. As will as will a lot of these guys there. Their uh, their loyalty to this place is uh, is pretty impressive. I remember the backlash after the Texas Tech game against the defense last year's Texas Tech game, mm-hmm. and after the Oklahoma State game this year, just all the criticism that Mike Stoops took. How has he continued to bounce back from games like that and continue to get this team focused and, and, and competitive? No, he's a he's a he's a true professional, uh, and that whole staff uh, they they've done a great job. You know they. You know, we had some some young guys at some really really key positions throughout this year, and uh, you know, and then that side was certainly, you know, defensively, especially early on, we were really hit hard with injuries. You know, and a lot of different lineups, a lot of different guys playing. You know, you you come in with you know guys you think are going to be you know starters, Jordan Parker and you know Matt Romar. Those guys don't end up basically playing any of the entire season. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, you know they've had some challenges. There's no doubt, uh, but they've you know they've continued to coach their tail off. I thought they did a great job with adjustments, both personnel and scheme wise. Here, the back half of the season, I think we really kind of found ourselves there. And uh, yeah, they have really spearheaded us, especially the last several weeks. You know, they they have been 
they've been tremendous, and they were they were yesterday. The, the the turnaround, you know, how well we played in the second half, how well we tackled, you know, getting the two big turnovers, getting at the defensive touchdown, the big stop coming out of half. I mean, there was just so many big plays. The fourth down stop on our sideline, which was awesome. I mean, what a collision that was. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're playing really good football right now, and and they're and they're rapidly getting better. And that's you know maybe one maybe one of the good things about having some more time here is it gives us a chance to continue to grow and and, and get better on that side of the ball like we're doing right now. Any chance on you? Do what? Any chance on Lamar? There's a chance I think, but we'll we'll just kind of have to see how he goes. What did it mean to you uh, yesterday getting the game ball from Ruffin? That whole emotional moment. Yeah, no, that was that was you know really you know really classy thing of him to do it's a very rough and like thing to do you know it uh yeah it didn't i didn't know it was coming but after it, it didn't didn't surprise me that much knowing him so and he's you know he's been in these shoes you know he he knows the the you know what this job requires and the you know the challenges that you face and uh so yeah to be able to share that moment with him the rest of our staff and there was uh you know was something i'll never forget first got here, I think I remember one of the first things was you and Kale kind of going out recruiting together. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know at that moment that, that Baker was going to be your guy, that, that he was going to do something special here, knowing oh, no. that, that he was here on campus? No. No. I mean, I'd never even seen him throw a football at that point. I mean, I'd, I'd seen him play a little bit on TV, but I'd seen Trevor Knott play pretty darn good as well. And, uh, and I knew Cody Thomas was a pretty darn good player too. So. I knew I knew at that point I, I felt like in that at that point we had we were gonna find a good quarterback or two out of that group. I was pretty confident in that. Now who it was gonna be, I couldn't have told you at that point, no. When did, you, when did you know Baker was gonna be your guy? Oh, it was I mean in camp. Um yeah, late in camp. I mean probably not many days before we announced it to you guys. Um and then I probably knew I probably felt sure of it after the after you know the Tennessee game, the way that finished his sophomore year there. After that, I I, I knew we had the right guy. Just as a you know as a duo, I mean, he kind of knew some of your system coming in because of where it came from. But how much of growth have you seen out of him, just in his football knowledge and his understanding of defenses, things like that? A lot, a lot. He he had to how do I say reinvent, but. And we've talked about a lot. I mean, to, for him to win that job, he had to change in a lot of ways who he was as a player uh, because we made it known from from second one that, you know, guys that turn the ball over are not smart with the ball or reckless with it, you're, you're not going to win this job. It's not going to happen. And give him credit. He, I think he grew a lot. I think that competition was the best thing that could have ever happened for him uh, because it – it was just a battle. I mean, each. I mean, you could just feel the kind of the tension in that room. And if, I mean, if one guy had a good day or one guy, you know, it's funny. I would ask a question. It was like three of them trying to answer it. You know, you know, as soon as they could and be the first one to answer. I mean, you could just you could feel that every single day, and it made him and those other two guys, you know, Cody, Trevor, you know, a lot better. And uh, yeah, that. But that competition was the best thing. You know that he he really grew as a player, and I think understood the level you got to work at to, you know, and and how good mentally you have to be to play this position well. What was the word on Baker when you got here? Oh, you know, they, the, the the charisma and all that I think was already apparent. You know, he had made a big impact I think on this team, even in the year that he was out. You know, as far as you know, being on the scout team, 
you know, kind of, you know, getting that side of the ball juiced up, the competitiveness. I mean, I think the team had already rallied around him, which I thought was impressive, um, just considering he wasn't even playing. He'd come from another school. You know, he'd come into a situation where, you know, Trevor's been the guy. So I, I, that was one thing I was pretty impressed with quickly was how well he bonded with and how well the, the other guys accepted him. He turned the ball over quite a bit when he was at Texas Tech. Um, is that why you, you say you got to take care of the ball, or was that early in practice here where you know, he was making mistakes like that in that competition? No, I, I wouldn't say it was specific to him. I, would, I, I had that conversation with all three guys, with them all three sitting right in front of my face you know, at the same time. And uh, it was just more of you know, when Bob and I sat down and talked about what we wanted this thing to look like, when, you know, I mean, we, we both knew and wanted to emphasize that if we're going to win championships, you can't turn the ball over at that position, you know, consistently. And uh, and so we just we felt like we had some pieces, and we felt like we were going to be explosive enough. And so that was just we wanted that to be not say the deciding factor, but maybe the biggest factor. You were you were here when it happened, but uh, you know he came here like a couple of weeks after Trevor Knight beat Alabama in the, uh, the Sugar Bowl. <coughs> what do you think it says about him that he made that decision uh, and the confidence that he had in, in himself that maybe he would have a chance to play when I don't think anybody else did at that point? Yeah, I was using it at ECU when I was trying to recruit him. I was like, Trevor Knight's going to be the guy there for three years. Are you crazy? I mean, I told him that verbatim on the phone. I mean, I was using it, but he was, I could tell it was like talking to, like talking to this podium right here. It, it wasn't going to matter. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it does. It says a lot about the guy's confidence. It just says, it says a ton about how bad he just wanted to be here. And, uh, and you know, I think you can accomplish great things in a lot of places, but when, when you're kind of your dream spot, I think you can go a little bit further than you can anywhere else. You, uh, so you, re you recruited him. Uh, I guess you had connections at, at Tech and, and in Lubbock with – um, so as soon as he said he was leaving, you were you were in, in on that. Huh? Yeah, we had a lot of we had a we had a lot of kind of roundabout connections, but yeah, as soon as he did, we we contacted him. We had a couple of good conversations, um, but I could tell by the end that his mind was pretty well made up. Did you have any idea of how genuine he really was? Just an OU fan growing up, or is that something you've learned? No, I had no clue. I had I had no clue. I, I that's why I was I was I just could not wrap my head around why he wanted to go to Oklahoma, and that's. Uh, but for that to happen like that for a kid, I mean, that's you rarely ever see something like that happen. No, you, you don't. I and mean, most guys wouldn't have the guts to do it. And then, yeah, getting a chance to come do it at his dream school. I mean, it's like a, I mean, it's like some, it's like a story somebody wrote. It doesn't even really seem real. You mentioned Trevor Knight and uh, what you told Baker. How did you put aside those preconceived notions when you were overseeing that that competition? You know, I didn't. Uh, I I did not watch any film of any of them. I didn't watch any of Baker's tech stuff. I didn't watch any scout team. The only thing I watched was, because I knew we had enough quarterbacks, the only thing I watched when I got here was I watched some wide receiver DB one-on-ones, and I watched some O-line, D-line one-on-ones just to see what we had on the O-line and then what kind of – we had a couple receiver spots open, so trying to see what we had and what we – you know, what, you know, Kale and Dennis and I felt like we needed at receiver. Other than that, I didn't watch one game from the – what would that have been, 2014 season. Uh, nothing. So I didn't. No old Baker film either or anything zero, like that? Yeah. Zero. Because I, I was, I'm going to get to see them plenty. I don't need to see what they did before and, and you know, in a different, and what, whether how much the same, different it is. 
I don't need to see them in another offense. I'll, I'll see them on the field. I'll see how they are in the meeting room, and, and we'll make our decision from there. That's kind of rare that a coach comes in and doesn't look at film of, of the guys he's inherited? I don't know. You know, people have different different opinions on that. Some guys want to do it and learn as much about them as they can. Some people want kind of the clean slate, and I guess I, I felt in this case, again, I was confident that we had the talent in there, so to me it wasn't a point of what have they done before. We got the ability. If I didn't feel like they had the ability, I might have went back and just to say, well, maybe we need to go sign another guy or look for a JC guy or whatever. But I felt like we had the ability. Bob felt like we had the ability. And so I didn't see much point in it. Probably would have clouded it for you? Uh, it could have. It could have. So I want to take the chance. Lincoln, last year when Baker announced he was coming back for a senior year and maybe at the time you were being approached for other coaching jobs, he kind of implied that the two of you had an agreement together. Is there a chance that we could learn that agreement after the season? <laughs> we never talked about it. We didn't, honestly. We, but I, I think we kind of knew without even saying it. You know, it was just kind of one of those deals that, you know, kind of like during the game. A lot of our contacts nonverbal, and that that deal was kind of the same thing. You know, I think we, I think we were both thinking the same thing, but it was not ever a. Not ever a conversation we had until I think we'd both made up our minds. Lincoln, there are times when you clearly know the turning point of the season. Bob mentioned a couple of years ago, Kansas State being mm-hmm. in the airport. We've heard a lot about Baker Mayfield's halftime speech at Kansas State. Is that something that rings out to you, or was there a moment this this year that you can pin that you can pinpoint toward? I don't know if there's one. Honestly, we there, there's several. You know, I think the. You know, I think the the Iowa State deal certainly was a was a key point in our season. I still think you know winning up in Columbus was a really really key point in our season, and it's sitting there today. It it definitely is. Um, Kansas State was you know certainly for you know ha- having to come back you know like we did on the road, but I don't know we we had several throughout the year. I don't know if there's one just sit there and say that was the time where everything changed for the better. I, I think it was. Some challenges that, other than Iowa State, that we were, we were able to kind of navigate our way through, and it was just kind of a consistent battle for improvement that we got up every day and fought. And uh, you know, and that's that's why we're playing, you know, some of our better ball here at the end. How much of the the, the game at Oklahoma State was kind of a turning point just for your defense on that side? Yeah, that, that's another one too. Yeah, I didn't mention. Yeah, that that definitely was. You know, that was kind of a heavyweight fight. You know, and that. That was a, obviously a tough place to play and a great football team we were playing. And yeah, those, you know, the way those young DBs and the way we stood in there at the end, even after having two interceptions, you know, called back and, and to get those stops at the end was, was critical. I think that was a big point for our defense and our team as a whole. All right, thanks so much for downloading and subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Toby Rowland. Thanks to uh, Lincoln Riley. And again, thanks to you. I can't thank you enough. Don't forget on Friday's episode, we're going to look at what it takes to get everybody from Norman to Pasadena. I know there's a smart aleck out there that says, well, there's planes. Ha, I get it. But what happens as soon as the bowl bid is announced, we'll go behind the scenes coming up on Friday. Until then, have a great week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.
people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.